Hello, hello. So today we're talking, we're gonna try one more time to talk about GLP-1 medications. Now, um, this is kind of, seems to be all the rage. You cannot go on really any social media apps or talk to anybody that is not either wondering if they should go on this, are on these medications already, um, or, you know, kind of the good, bad, and the ugly about them. So I just want to take a little bit of a deep dive into these today to kind of assess where we are with this kind of stuff, because my focus in my practice and what I do in helping people is to work on what I call root cause nutrition. So anybody who comes to me with whatever symptoms they may have, you know, why do they have those symptoms? Where does it come from? What nutrient deficiencies do they have? What are they doing that causes some of those nutrient deficiencies? Is it a poor diet? Is it a lot of stress? Is it another chronic illness that they have? Is it the medications they're taking, et cetera? So there's no difference between, you know, talking about all those kinds of things and why someone might choose to take GLP-1 medications. So the first thing that we should talk about is what are these medications? And then why do people take them? What were they first sort of made for? Who were they made for? So GLP-1 stands for glucagon-like peptide, and then one. And essentially what it does is it helps to lower someone's blood sugar by acting on a hormone called glucagon in order to help that whole glucose and insulin interaction. And if you are a type 2 diabetic, you understand this interaction very well. If you are not, but are struggling with metabolic issues, um, like being overweight or obese or, you know, a plethora of other kind of conditions, you should know what that interaction is all about. So I talk about that all the time here, blood sugar and insulin balance. And it's something that really needs to be taken control of in order to um, either get healthy and then to stay healthy. All right, so these medications were created with type 2 diabetics in mind. You might have heard them as, you know, the commercials with all the medications like Trulicity, um, I think. I don't know if Wagobi is on there, Ozempic. Those are all medications that were designed in mind for the type 2 diabetic. And now, and I can't remember for sure if the FDA has approved, you know, some of them for use for people just for obesity, but maybe aren't type 2 diabetics. I do know that people's insurance have cut them off from using those medications if they do not have that diagnosis. So there's kind of um, a riff with that too, because a lot of people are saying, you know, if I'm obese and I don't have that diagnosis, but obesity comes with a whole bunch of other issues and it can be considered a chronic condition in some cases with the other things that kind of come from having obesity, you know, why can't I be on this medication if it helps me with that and it helps me with other health issues? That is a whole big question that needs to be dealt with on a whole other level more that we can get into here. Um, but that is where this is going because we are seeing a lot of benefits for people who are obese, overweight, um, have imbalanced blood sugar and insulin issues that are not type 2 but diabetics, okay? And it's helping them. So how it's mostly helping people is that 
at baseline, it helps to balance out blood sugar by impacting that insulin. All right. It helps people lower that insulin, lower that blood sugar, and kind of the side benefit that people love the most. They absolutely love it because it's almost probably the first time in their lives that they've had this happen where that food noise, that constant chatter in their brains about what should I eat next? What's my next meal? What kind of snack should I have? Or I'd really like to have that candy in my drawer or what's in the vending machine or that kind of craving cycle that constantly is happening for people because we have come so far away from listening to our bodies and then feeding it, fueling it properly. Cause we have decided to listen to food marketers or commercials or, um, you know, product placement when we're checking out at the grocery store, you know, we've decided to allow other things to interfere with our, and, and then don't trust our ability to look at and feel how food is making us feel or how much we're eating is making us feel. We have come so far apart from that, that that is partially what has got people in trouble with their weight. If you're looking at just a weight loss, but then again, that creates other issues. So that's the thing that people are loving the most is that it shuts that brain down of that constant food chatter. All right. I don't know if it stays like that constantly the whole time people are taking these medications, but it absolutely helps them uh, not really care about food. They just, you know, are going to eat when they're hungry and that's it. And that's how we should be eating anyway. So that right there tells us that this is a root cause issue that we need to address. If you were to start taking these medications and all of a sudden that chatter stops, then and you struggle with obesity and that kind of thing, you need to work on your emotional eating. Everyone that I've ever worked with and everybody I talk to, just even on a social level, there, I mean, there's very few people that talk about food in just sort of a mundane way, that it's just there to actually fuel their body and they're hungry, they eat when they're full or not quite full, they're done and they don't think about food until the next time they feel hungry. It's just not an issue for them. That doesn't seem to happen very much because we have created so many other imbalances in our biochemistry that keeps that going. So right there, if you are someone who goes on these medications and you don't address that emotional eating, when you go off of those medications, you're going to be right back where you started. And that's my concern one of the concerns about taking these medications. All right. So um, if you are going to jump into these, which there are other benefits there, are, I mean, there are the benefits that you need to do. Um, if there are other benefits that you need to get from these medications and you know, that is in part of part of it, you need to absolutely work on that emotional eating, if that sounds like you. Um, all right. So there are a lot of good things you get, you know, rapid weight loss is one of the things. And I don't know that the rapid part is that positive. Um, I think it's nice that people start to feel like finally, I can actually finally start losing some weight. Um, and they're not really thinking about it too much. So it just is this more peaceful, um, 
flow of weight loss where people have never experienced that in their lives. So I think that is a benefit to it. But when we end up by losing weight so quickly and we're not really doing anything else because the medication just does its thing, we, we get really passive on things and you can't do that either because then we end up with other side effects. I want to touch about touch on that in a second. I want to jump into something um, for some other things. I just want to address first on that with some of the side effects of this. But the main thing I want to focus on is what I started to say about the quick weight loss. But a lot of times we hear the fear about taking these medications because of pancreatitis. There is an increased, you know, chance of getting pancreatitis by taking these medications. Um, in part, it's helping your pancreas secrete insulin, um, you know, in response to the sugars in your food, the glucose in your food. But I don't know exactly the direct correlation to the increased pancreatitis, but the studies that I've seen, and I've not read all of them, I will tell you that there's, there's a lot of stuff out there. It, the, the increase from just kind of the normal person not taking these medications is not that high. Okay. It's not super. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know by reading that, that doesn't scare me, but you'd have to talk with your provider who's, who's prescribing this medication to you, looking at your history, looking at the status of your, you know, pancreas to begin with um, probably your gallbladder. You know, if you have, if you don't have a gallbladder, that could maybe, affect some things too, that you need to really address all that stuff with your provider and, you know, really take into account your whole picture. That's what the main thing is. Um, another thing that, that people get worried about or hear about is something called gastroparesis. So that is a condition there, there is a condition where people have that, which basically just means their digestive system is really slow. Like it's really slow to clear food. There's this process in our stomach called peristalsis and our whole digestive system, you know, moves food through the system. And when you have gastroparesis, it's as if a part of your stomach is paralyzed. And so it just doesn't move things through fast enough. And this medication just by nature slows gastric emptying and so oftentimes, or I should say oftentimes, it can have that effect. So if you are someone who, who knowingly has gastroparesis, and I do know, have worked with a few people that have this and know that they have this condition, I would not recommend this medication to you because um, it's just going to be really hard to, you know, it's going to be harder when you're slowing your food processing down even more. It's going to be harder to maintain the nutrients that you need. Um, it's just going to be a, a lot more difficult. Again, talk to your provider about that, but that is this situation. One of the situations that I don't think that I would ever consider taking these medications if you knowingly had gastroparesis to begin with. Um, if you start taking them and you have slower gastric emptying, that is in part what the medication does. And from the providers that I've spoken with who who prescribe this medication on a regular basis and have for years now, um, they have all said in the cases of gastroparesis from the medications, this, this happens and it's resolved once they're taken off the medications. It doesn't become, it hasn't become a permanent thing, but again, speak to your provider. And just so you know, there are other medications as well, like proton pump inhibitors that people take all the time and they've been taking them for 20 years sometimes 
that's like your over-the-counter acid reflux type medications. Um, those can cause gastroparesis. There are plenty of things, other medications that can cause this as well. So I don't think that that would be a big barrier if I were someone looking to do this, um, unless I had a known condition with that. The other thing that can happen is, of course, nausea. You know, people can get super nauseated, have almost an aversion to certain foods. Almost, I guess I could kind of describe it when people are pregnant and they have weird aversions to foods or um, not so much the craving part of it, but then the nausea can be real, like morning sickness kind of kind of situation. But that can be remedied if you're doing a compounded version of the medications. Um, sometimes they will compound them with like vitamin B6 because that can help with nausea. You can do ginger chews. You can do things like that to help to, you know, allow the nausea to stop. Um, so that that is a supportive thing that you can do if you are taking them and you start to get the nausea. Now, I've, I've noticed it more in people talking about it with semaglutide. And that's Ozempic. That brand name is Ozempic. The peptide is called semaglutide or semaglutide. And then the one that seems to not cause as much nausea is terzepatide, also known as Manjaro. Um, they're just, they're both peptides, GLP-1 peptides. They're just a little bit different and have a little bit different action, um, but are used for the same purpose. And so we come to the, the main thing that I want to talk about with side effects with people with that more rapid weight loss, quicker weight loss, especially if you're struggling with a thyroid condition, if you have imbalanced blood sugar, blood sugar. And just by the way, a lot of times with your insulin levels, they usually don't even get checked unless you are diabetic. But even your blood glucose levels are, you know, there's like a wide range that they use as normal. And so many times I see people with quote unquote, normal blood glucose, um, normal A1C, normal insulin, and they have all the symptoms of this imbalanced blood sugar and cannot lose weight and are struggling with other symptoms too. And it's really frustrating because that range of normal is so large that it's like we don't catch the people before they actually get sick and then eventually get diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. But there's a lot of things we could do prior to that to help people so they don't have to go down that road. It's really frustrating to me that that is a thing, you know, um, that we can't do, you know, be more proactive. So that's again, where I come in and try to help people be proactive. And that is where, if you are interested in getting um, peptides, these GLP-1 medications for weight loss, um, whether you have type two or not, you should reach out to me. I have a really um, good provider that is prescribing these and really allowing a supportive process for this and making sure that people have all the information before they take these on. Um, and also I do nutrition consults for them, for her, so that you can navigate going through these medications as best you can. So the provider that I'm working with currently on this is from um, she can prescribe in North Dakota, Minnesota. So if you are someone in that area, you know, reach out and I can help you connect with her, get the right medications for you after working with her and talking to her about that. And then you also get with her packages, you get two sessions with me. If you are someone who is currently taking it from a different provider or have taken it and you're trying to make sure that you keep those
Okay, so it said my mic was turned off. Um, okay, so rapid weight loss, quick weight loss, however you want to look at it. These medications, because you lose your interest in food and eating, oftentimes people are losing weight really quickly. If they actually track their calories, it would be probably pretty low. And then from that, we're seeing a lot of sarcopenia, which is muscle loss. Now, your muscles are your metabolic machinery. And if you are um, stripping those away along with this weight loss, you are absolutely going to have a reduced metabolic activity. So when you are done taking these medications, you're going to have to eat very little food to keep that weight off. You will not ever be able to eat even a normal amount of calories for your, you know, for your body, for your stature, for your activity level without gaining weight because you have now reduced your need. Your metabolic machinery has down shifted. So you need less calories to function. So you will gain weight on less calories. So that whole set point thing kind of comes into play. I kind of like all that um, information about that. I think that sounds really defeating, but what we need to do is to make sure that especially once you get over the hump of the, you know, beginning stages of nausea and the aversions to actually eating, um, you really need to focus on nutrition. That's where I come into play with these for people who are on the medications or maybe have just gotten off the medications and are worried about gaining that weight back. And I have talked to a lot of people um, as well who have been on them, have taken a break from them or got cut off of them from their insurance or whatever it is, and they're starting to gain weight back pretty quickly. So we're trying to help them navigate this to avoid that process. Because if this is, if these medications are like anything else you do, like the 10th time you go on like some kind of weight loss program or the 10th time or a hundredth time you've been on some kind of, you know, shake or pill or potion, this is no different. If you are not changing your behaviors, if you're not changing your food that you're taking in, if you're not changing any of that, you are going to be right back where you started in not very long from after, you know, from when you started taking these medications. So with this, we need to make sure that our activity is prioritizing protein or um, muscle gaining. So weight resistance training. So got to do a lot of weight training and you have to focus on protein. You have to get the right amount of protein in, and that looks a little different for everybody but you really need to make sure that you are stepping up your game, protein forward thinking, always be planning ahead for taking your, you know, providing your meals and making your meals full of protein in order to avoid the sarcopenia that happens. Um, I was talking with a provider who was kind of checking some of this stuff out and seeing things. She was tracking her body composition and she wasn't even needing to lose that much weight. Think, I think she was, I think she had lost maybe like 10 pounds or something like that. And her body composition showed that she'd already stripped away quite a bit of muscle. Um, in, and she was thinking, you know, I'm doing okay with my protein and was just kind of plugging along and, and not really focusing on the protein more than, I mean, she normally does, but she wasn't hyper-focused on the protein. And, you know, she started to lose some muscle in a really quick amount of time, just not feeling like she recovered from her workouts, wasn't feeling like she could lift as heavy. Um, she started to notice it in her, it's how she felt and moved around in the day. So that is what you need to really be, you know, 
be aware of when you go through these medications. I think just like so many other things that we do in the society, any, any tool that we get, we kind of screw it up. We make it more complicated than it needs to be. We don't do our due diligence and help support our bodies. We um, don't fix the root causes of why we're overweight in the first place. We don't keep those behaviors going um, that impact those things. So we absolutely need to keep moving forward. And But we have to know most people that I talk to going through their peptide um, therapy, they, they don't have a clue about some of this stuff. They, they do not know. And they are happy to have found that out when we have our first consult to talk about this so that they are coming from the right place and they're going to have the best success and they're going to feel their feel and function their best once their therapy is over. Um, otherwise, you know, technically you should probably just plan on being these medications for the rest of your life. And um, we shouldn't have to use it as a tool Use it as a way to get through it. Be cautious and mindful, being aware of what side effects may or may not affect you. You know, talk with your provider about your current health conditions, your past health conditions, and make sure that you are in the know. You know, buyer beware. You're responsible for this. You need to self-advocate. You need to understand what is in front of you with this. But you can have amazing outcomes. You can reap the rewards from these medications. You can get the benefit from them that you need. You just have to know what you need to do. And, you know, I didn't, I was talking about all the, all these things. There's so many things to talk about with this, this topic, but first and foremost, if you have already started these medications, or if you're about to do that, you need to wrap your brain around the fact that you need to start lifting weights, male or female, you need to focus primarily on lifting weights and you need to get your protein in and obviously your other nutrition. But if you could only do, you know, focus on one thing, especially when you're not feeling so much like eating in the beginning stages of this, you need to be focused on that protein. All right. So I have, um, you know, if you're interested in doing these peptides, I have a good provider, like I said, North Dakota, Minnesota, and she includes two consults with me in there. And then I also have, um, my own set of consults, if you are already taking them and you didn't know some of this stuff, you need to jump on board and get the support and help that you need so that you are going to have the greatest outcome you have with these medic can have with these medications. All right. Hope that helps. Have an awesome day. Bye.